1: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the Filet-O-Fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast with board gamers in the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris... Hey, this is Anthony. And this is episode 276, Most Wanted Games on BoardGameArena.com. And we'd like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right, Anthony, here we are again, looking towards our tablets, our PCs, our Macs to get great games to the table. So for our feature review, we're going to talk about the most wanted games on board game arena. Absolutely. Yeah, we talked back on episode
0: 268. And as we like to say around here, time has no meaning. So (laughs) for all of you out there who've also been locked in the house for three months, that was two months ago, early on in all this about where to play board games online. And I think we listed off like maybe a dozen different websites. And while certain games are great on Steam, and certain games are great on iOS, and there's tabletop simulator and all this other stuff. Game Marina kind of stuck out at the top as one of the most enjoyable because it does all the little bits and pieces for you. You just get to focus on your decision and the rest just happens magically in the background. So the plus side is it's much smoother and more fun to play on there. The downside is they have less games than like a tabletop simulator where people can just make their own and throw them up there. No copyrights be danged. <laughs> um, so This is fun. You know, we figure we talk about the games that we wish were on there and hopefully they will bring there in the future.
1: Absolutely. And there's been a ongoing list way back to January 23rd, 2012, where there's a thread listed in which people can jump on there and let Board Game Arena know what games like to get to the table. Ah, 2012. Remember that, Anthony, when there was only one possible way the world was going to end? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm warm and fuzzy just thinking about it, man.
0: Why hasn't anybody invented time travel yet?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The good old days of the mind calendar destroying the earth as just just one thing that was going to happen that year. Ah, good times, good times. All right, so before we get into all that fun stuff, we like to talk about what our listeners are doing. So, Anthony, let's talk about our question of the week. Question of the
0: week, everybody. What's a game that you hated after the first play, but eventually came to love? So this is a question It actually came up. We were like looking at different possible topics for episodes and it's not necessarily coming up anytime soon, but this is one based on just a few games I personally was thinking about. And so I figured, hey, why not ask the listeners, what do you all think? Um, and see if any of the same games popped up, which is always kind of fun. <laughs> certain games have uh, certain first impressions, right? So uh, we have Nick mentions he did not hate it exactly, but Wingspan. Um, He did start to love it, however, later because it became his spouse's favorite game. Uh, Brian mentions Cthulhu Wars. The game is amazing, but sweet Moses, you have to know what all the opposing faction powers are to plan any kind of strategy. Uh, Scott mentions a game I still hate, but good on you, Scott. (laughs) Brussels 1893. Um, First play drove him insane, and now he really enjoys it. Again, good on you, man. (laughs) I, I never got there. Shane mentions Mage Knight. Uh, that is one that I was I was going to think of as well. Like the first play was just kind of a nightmare headache trying to figure out how the rules all operated. But once it finally clicked, it clicked. It's amazing. Dead Squirrel mentions Scythe. We actually had a couple other mentions of Scythe over on Twitter. Uh, I think this is another common one where people play it the first time and maybe you don't play it the way it's designed to be played because it looks like a dudes on a map game and that's not what it is. Uh, but once you get it, it's much more engaging. And then Brad mentioned Android Netrunner which is another game that I would also say where my very first play of that was brutal and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. But then two or three plays later, cause the game's pretty fast. I started to piece together how it's supposed to work. It had way more fun. Um, it's out of print, but I have a friend who owns a good chunk of it. So that's a fun one to get to the table.
1: Yeah. I guess for me, a game that didn't really kind of make sense initially for me was alien frontiers. Mm. This is, Way back in 2010 when Kingsburg was already out and Alien Frontiers utilized a lot of the mechanics of Kingsburg. But it was a lot more fiddly, let me say, because a lot more dice came into play and you really needed certain resources into doing anything at all. So rolling the dice really made or break you. So the first couple times playing, I was like, "Ah, I already got Kingsburg. I don't really need to play this. But after a couple of plays, and after, you know, a little minor expansion here and there, little mini kind of expansions, the game really did open up for me, and I enjoy it. own a copy of it, and own one or two of the mini expansions on top of it. Just a lot of fun to play, uh, especially if you get those little mini expansions on a board. But uh, yeah, uh, games should always get a second take, especially if you had a bad time, or maybe it's just not the right group.
0: Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, like another one I was going to say was uh, Seven Wonders because that was exactly what it was. The first play I had of that, it was a bad group. You had people like telling other people what to do. I got hit by like military on both sides and just generally didn't do very well because I didn't understand the card synergy. And I avoided that game for a year after that. And this is with you telling me repeatedly, it was like, this is one of the best games of all time. You got to play it. (laughs) I was like, I just don't want to. And then when I finally got back into it, now I love it. It's fantastic. And part of that's the expansion. Like you said, the expansions can really open up a game, but the core game is still really good. It's just the first play was really bad.
1: Yeah, I think any of those games where it's a take that kind of game and you're just kind of opening yourself up to getting slapped around for the entire game and it's just not a fun kind of experience, especially if the cards are not evened out or in your favor, so to speak, then it's going to be a long, long game. All right, everybody, that's what's going on. With our listeners, if you would like to add your comments, your questions, your intrigues, and your take that cards, you can do so on Facebook, Twitter, BoardGamersAnonymous.com, our guild on Board Game Geek. Pretty much everywhere there's social media, there's Board Gamers Anonymous. YouTube, of course, on top of everything else. So just as everybody says on YouTube, like and subscribe because we are always putting new content out there. And it is, of course, thanks to our Patreon backers that we're able to do so. So if you do have the means, and if you do like to take a look at what kind of content comes out from Patreon each and every week, please check us out at patreon.com slash BGA. All right, Anthony, that's what's going on with our listeners. Let's get on to our acquisition disorders.
0: Okay, yeah. I have another 18xx game because apparently that's what happens during pandemics is a bunch of these go up on Kickstarter. So this is the second one now, I think the last three months, and I think there are one or two more coming over this summer. So if you like trains, it's a good year for you on Kickstarter. Um, This one is 18 D O Dortmund. And it is about the underground mining that started and the steel mills that were built. And of course the trains that came through in Dortmund in 1840, but the, most interesting thing about this game and the reason that I am excited to play it, hopefully eventually, is that it implements an entirely new mechanic. So you have the railway corporations as usual. You're going to invest in those. You're going to build out the tracks. You're going to try to score, you know, as, generate as much cash as you can by moving through there. But there's also breweries. So everybody's going to start with a minor brewery. And these are going to be an entirely different mechanic that layers on top of the game. So you have to improve your brewery equipment and deal with the beer market as well as the general economy of a regular 18xx game. There's also some passive stuff like coal mines and steel mills you have to worry about as well. And the result of this is in 18DO, there's three different games you can play. There's an introduction game, which they say takes an hour to an hour and a half. We just kind of learn the basics of 18xx games, like if you haven't played them before. The railway game, which just has the basic 18xx rules like in full like it's a three-hour game uh, probably longer um but no beer market or any of that and then the full heat sweat and beer is what they call it and this adds all the layers to it so you have the stock market and the railway company management which is normal for 18xx but then also the beer market and the breweries and all sorts of other stuff and they say this takes four to five hours which of course means it's like six to eight So that's, that's your big, long, full, ridiculous 18xx game, if you're looking for it. So I'm pretty excited for this, because I've kind of gotten very comfortable playing just the base 18xx rules. Now, I'm still kind of learning how to, I don't know, pick on people (laughs) in the spirit of these games. But I've gotten to the point now having played enough of them, you know, and not a lot, but enough that I want. Other mechanics thrown in there, other layers put on top. And this seems like a really cool one where you're just, you have like multiple economies now, you're investing in different types of companies, how you manage them is going to be different than how you would manage, you know, a railway company, you have different types of charters you have to worry about. And you've got the map, but the map's relatively small because, you know, you are, of course, focusing on multiple things. So this one is up on Kickstarter right now and it has already met its goal with 20 days left. It's doing pretty well. It is finishing up on June 22nd at 5.45 a.m., so bright and early. Yeah, if you're an 18xx fan, you probably already know about this. If you're not, though, take a look because it does have, you know, some, like, introduction-level play to learn 18xx, and then will help you scale up across multiple games. So it may not be an introductory... 18XX game, but I think if you're in that boat, or if you've played one or two and don't own any yet, this might be a good one to take a look at. So that is 18 DO Dortmund.
1: Without getting into a very long and I and appropriately so 18 double X explanation as far as this this question is concerned, most of the 18 double X for the uninitiated, myself included, it seems like most, if not all of them, are the same game other than the fact that abstractly they're supposed to be about different places. So is there something particularly different about this one? I know that they're slightly different or is there just radical differences? Like why am I getting this one? What, what's the point between one eighteen double X and another?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. Um, I asked the same thing after I played the first one that I played I'm like, well, I'm good now. I'll get this one. I like this. Should I get another one? And I guess the thing is, is the core mechanics of the game are always going to be the same. They're all based on 1830, um, which was made, you know, 50, 60 years, 50 years ago, 40 years ago. So it's been around a long time, the core mechanics and people build off of those. And that's, you know, you have multiple railway companies, you invest in them. If you are the majority shareholder and the company floats, you then operate the railroad and you try to generate cash. And whoever has the most money at the end wins, you can go bankrupt and then you lose, right? That's the basic mechanisms of the... 18xx but and that's like 1830 is just that 1889 is just that but a little bit shorter 1846 is not just that but very close in terms of complexity but the other games add like new mechanics new ideas different interpretations of how those rules are going to work sometimes the bank is bigger or smaller sometimes the map is bigger or smaller sometimes the number of tiles is different so you have to rush and do certain things at a faster rate In this case, you have an entire second economy added to the game. So typically, the economy is just the trains. You're buying and selling shares in these train lines, and you're not necessarily going to own them constantly, but you're trying to manipulate them in such a way that you maximize the value of what you do own. And at the end of the game, you want to have a bunch of stock that's worth a lot of money, right? In this one, you have that. Because, of course, you do. It's an 18xx, but you also have the breweries, which is a whole separate thing. And the mechanics for doing that look to be different. So I'm not going to say it's like a completely different game, because that's kind of the whole point is you're building off of what's already there. But it does add a significant amount of variety, I think, in terms of how you approach it. Mm. Maybe in like how you'd compare Uwe Rosenberg's different worker placement games. Like they're all the same basic mechanic, but he layers different things on top of that.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well, a game that I want to talk about is Back to the Future, Back in Time. As Anthony was saying earlier, how can we get back in time? Turns out it's in <laughs> board game format. Mm. <laughs> now, this game is a adaptation of Back to the Future, the movie. If you haven't seen it, seriously, what are you doing with your time? It's It's been out forever. It's a great movie. It's lasted you know, it's a classic. Absolutely, you should be watching it. Now, if you haven't seen it, pretty much, and I don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't, so watch it and then come back to the podcast. Cool. You saw it? Excellent, right? I told you, right? Okay, cool. All right, so Back to the Future, and this is important to talk about because this is actually how the game plays out. Back to the Future, Back in Time, it's a game by Prosperous Hall. These are the Funko Games people that came out with Horrified, They came out with villainous. They came out with surprisingly very solid family-weight games that are very thematic, but the mechanics are good. So I was really interested about Back to the Future here. And again, solid theme. So you are basically playing out the movie. So you get to play as one of the main characters in the movie. So you have Doc, you have Marty, you have Jennifer, you even have Einstein the dog. And basically what you're doing is you are trying to meet all the conditions that the movie tries to meet. So you are trying to get the gear that the DeLorean needs in order to hit the clock tower at the appropriate time to go back in time to the future. (laughs) So now, how do you go about that and is... What else actually happens in the game is you do have your character sheet and you do have a figure and you'll be moving around town. So the board is this kind of like bird's eye view of the town and it's a pretty flat generic kind of board. It's nicely designed and there's a 3D version of the clock tower that actually can be utilized as a dice tower. So you'll be rolling dice in this game. You don't have to use a dice tower, but it's cool that they actually went to that extent. And there's actually a little DeLorean car in the game that you can actually move around the board because, again, that's the kind of overall premise of the kind of the final wrap up, trying to get the DeLorean to the right spot at the right time with the right equipment. As that's going on, you're using your character and your character's special ability and special abilities that you start with in the game that allow you to roll dice. So if you haven't played all the different Funko kind of pop figure wars... Basically, those games come down to challenges. This game is somewhat similar. So there's a timeline of the movie, this little timeline board. And as the timeline board moves up, in this cooperative game, you are all interacting together to meet the conditions of those different parts of the movie. So as I mentioned many times before, you're trying to get everything you need for the DeLorean. But also, at the very same time, you're trying to make sure that Marty's parents end up together before the picture fades out so as the game's going on you're fading out parts of the picture and it actually has these really cool tiles that flip over and show that the picture's fading out now as long as you get the love track up to the right area then the picture stops fading out and you're fine as far as that's concerned but that is a lose condition in the game throughout the game you're moving your figure around you're going to different spots on town you are Trying to meet certain dice rolls in order to accomplish the certain challenges that occur. And you're dealing with Biff. Biff is a troublemaker throughout the game. He's got his own little figure. You're knocking him out. You're trying to avoid him throughout the game. And he's trying to slow down you and stop you throughout the game. So, again, get the equipment, get your DeLorean around the board, and also make sure that your parents fall in love in order to be born. And that's pretty much in a nutshell. This is yet another family weight I wouldn't say necessarily lightweight but a family weight game like horrified that you can play with the whole family it's co-op it's fun the artwork is really nice there's no screenshots from the movie here it's all cartoony artwork that's really really sweet it's very kind of like it's not super super cartoony but it's it's just enough that you really feel like you're really interacting with the pieces and it really has a nice kind of aesthetic to it all so Back to the Future, back in time. I'm looking forward to getting to the table. Yeah, this looks pretty cool. Yeah, I, honestly,
0: I feel like the last two or three Back to the Future games that we have saw were bad. Very and bad. I had So I just kind of wrote it off. It was like IDW, and then before that was like a Chrono reskin. It's yes. just not good stuff. No. So I was excited to hear that this one is more in line with like the Prospero Hall type of game, like the Funko stuff and just those basic, simple mechanics, but done in a clever way. Cause those games are generally good and you never think they're going to be cause it's the kind of stuff you'd find a target shell for 30 bucks, but they are like, I have a few of them and I really enjoy them. So I'm looking forward to this.
1: Yeah. This reminds me of back in the day when you used to have video games that were based on movies mm, yeah. or like popular properties and they were always rushed. So you saw like these one or two really cool screenshots and the gameplay was garbage And at some point, people actually put time and money and effort into those kind of video games. And now they're great. I think the same thing has happened here. And Funko Games continues to do a great job, especially at the family weight. But again, it's not... It's not dumbed down. This is not Monopoly. This is not Candyland. This is actually like, it's a press your luck as far as how many dice you're going to roll, what you're going to go for, what equipment, how you're going to move the figures. And again, it stays with the movie, which is really nice to see. All right, so those are the games that we hope to get to the table and the tablet. Let's talk about the games that we did get to the table on the tablet, and we'll let you know if those games are a buy, and you should run out and pick those games up. If those games are a play, and you should sit down and play them. If those are games are a dodge, and you should avoid them like 2020, or if those games are the dreaded burn, and you just might as well go back in time because there's no reason to be in that time period. Anthony, what did you get to the table and tablet this week?
0: all right yeah so it's not quite the darkest timeline yet uh we do have some good games on the tablet thankfully (laughs) to keep us occupied Um, there you go a whole bunch of stuff came out for ios and steam in the last week and i think you have some of the same stuff written down so i guess we can both talk about it
1: yay we did things together
0: (laughs) (laughs) Woo! we don't do this very often so the first one is blood rage the uh official steam release happened uh about a week ago Uh, not quite And this had been in beta previously and was released to everybody at the same time. So you and I backed the Kickstarter and that's how we got our codes. But a lot of people just went and bought it. I think it was roughly the same price and you got all the same pre-order stuff. So not a huge difference, of course, unless you wanted, you know, your miniatures, which of course is why I backed the Kickstarter. So the app is in Steam. It's available for Mac and PC and it is a little bit better than what i originally played in the beta. So i did get a chance to play the beta when they first launched it and that one had several issues with like perspective. It's isometric which they kept. It's still isometric. So you still have like trees blocking some spaces and it's just a little wonky in terms of the perspective, but it's not as bad as it was where it was a, like almost like 45 degrees if sometimes you're like i can't see the top two <laughs> territories at all. It's no good. The game itself though runs relatively smoothly i learned after my first couple plays that you need to go in and fidget with some of the settings to make it run as best as possible it kind of out of the box runs at fairly low resolution had some clipping issues the the some of the actions that the ai was taking were taking way too long i was able to fix a lot of that and so that was good i did skip the tutorial completely so i'll let you speak to that because i have no idea what that is i'm like i already know how to play this game don't care (laughs) forgetting that i had to review it a week later um so yeah uh the tutorial is not something i had a a chance to actually spend much time with but the rest of the game at least in terms of playing it solo against like the ai and stuff and kind of working through the, the kinks there was pretty solid i know some people are having issues with like the difficulty levels of the ai speed at which it often goes through some of those actions um some other small bugs and issues that have popped up I think the general reviews on Steam are not super positive, but my own experience has been fairly good. I haven't had a lot of problems. I wish it
1: was a little faster, but other than that, it's been pretty smooth overall. Yeah, I guess starting off talking about the speed thing, it's not bad. It's kind of, I'm hoping purposely trying to build drama as far as like, there's going to be a battle. Dun, 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 dun. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I did click the thing. So I do know a battle is about to start. And it's like, <laughs> who will join the battle? And it shows you all the different players. I'm like, there's nobody near me. Why, why are we doing this? Could it be yellow? No, yellow fades away. You're like, oh, I, I, I Nate, yellow was not near me. So why would I? Could it be blue? And I'm like, no, it could definitely not be blue. Because again, blue was not <laughs> near me. And you're watching all the little card areas disappear. Or if you do get in the battle with other people, it's very slow as far as like, These are the people, they're adding troops, and then they're adding cards. Now, let's be fair. If you ever played any game with a number of people at the table, they can be slow. Like, maybe I'll move that in, maybe I won't, let me take a look at my cards. So, again, I can't fault the app too much, because, again, players are players, so to speak. That being said, you do hope that an online game, you know, picks up the pace a little bit. Overall, it's not bad. Again, the challenge happens to be, as you mentioned, Anthony, first off, the perspective. Now, what I, I do like very much about this game is that it has a lot of the aesthetic ambiance about blood rage, right? You do have Jurgdacil, you do have you know the giant serpent kind of circling around, you do have a Hala in the in the back corner, and those elements more or less are not too problematic. The problem that I have with the game, if there is a major problem, I really don't have a major problem, but is that they went so overboard to overproduce the kind of like aesthetic elements where like, oh, there's trees. Great. Now I can't see what I'm doing or there's rocks everywhere. So some of the terrain is so cluttered by other elements that sometimes it's very hard to tell how many spots are in a particular area just by glancing at it. So now you have to zoom in, which again isn't super easy because now you have to use the your keyboard and you have to use your mouse to move over and it it just it doesn't move as, you know, cleanly as a game from 2020 should move. But then again, it's a Kickstarter, it's a board game app, you know, adaptation. So I'm a little forgiving with it, but at the same time, it's still a little clunky. Now, you can up the game speed, you can up the game graphics if your system can handle it, in the setting area, which is great. Again, it doesn't do enough, but it does enough for me, because again, you can see the cards that you're drafting, everything's nice and clear, the scoring's nice and clear. The bottom bar is minimized, which I'm not really a fan of. But nonetheless, it does calculate everything so you don't have to move too much around. That being said, Blood Rage for me, for Steam, it's a buy. It's a solid game through and through. The application is a solid production through and through. Again, the trees, the clutter, I wish I could just downgrade the physical board to more of a 2d board i mean spirit island had similar kind of problems with its 3d board where it was just trying too hard and it just needed to kind of like chill out a little bit but otherwise blood rage is a really good game the tutorial as anthony mentioned earlier was cumbersome beyond belief and a little glitchy because it absolutely positively wanted you to do the things it wanted to do, like all walkthroughs tend to do, but it didn't always make those things clear or didn't always work. So I actually had to like X out of the game in order to get out of the tutorial, but I kept going back to try to get through it. Again, I I think that if you read the rule book, which again is a very simple game, you'll get more out of it than a tutorial. I don't think you need a tutorial to play this game. Some, Some video game versions you do. This I really don't think that you need to do, I think the price is good for this. So if you want to pick it up, the AI, and I went, I played multiple, multiple times from like very easy to adaptive AI. And I've won the game every time, but a good amount every time, even with the super hard adaptive AI. So again, that could kind of be buffed up a little bit, but Blood Rage is best played with multiple players, real players, online players. So again, it's an app. It's a board game app. AI is kind of hard to program for a board game app. So yeah, it still gets a buy for me. Yeah, I don't think I liked it quite as much as
0: you. It is, yeah, it's a little buggy. Design wise, like you said, like the, the map is an issue at times. It's not always easy to see what's going on. Although again, they did make improvements since the beta. I haven't tried to play multiplayer online. I know some people have had issues with that. So I can't speak to that. But the single player is decent. If they could speed it up a little bit, I'd be happy. <laughs> I think I might be a little spoiled by... uh board game arena at this point um for me it's a play because it is a 20 dollar app so Mm -hmm. i find it difficult to recommend it in its current state and that's not to say it's broken i'm still playing it and enjoying it i just think there are some issues there that need to be addressed before you're paying 20 bucks for a digital board game that's not even portable just steam only at this point so yeah i think i think i'm similarly in a similar boat to you where i'm like i like it uh but
1: maybe not to the point of like a full buy. So for me, it's a play. All right, Anthony. Well, I want to talk about a game that we both had a chance to play on preview format, and this is Roll for the Galaxy. Now, we'll talk about Board Game Arena in a bit that does have Roll for the Galaxy, but this is the app version of it, and it's currently in beta testing format. And again, if you haven't played Roll for the Galaxy, it's a new version of Race for the Galaxy. And if you haven't played Race for the Galaxy... Again, basically, all these games are about building up resources in order to build technology, to settle planets, to produce on those planets, and then to trade or consume on the planets, either for money or victory points. So, Roll for the Galaxy, you're going to be rolling dice. The colored dice have different faces on them based upon their power and such. And based on those faces on the dice, you will play play them appropriately and then utilize your special abilities to move the dice around. Again, to be able to explore new planets, put them in your hand, pay for those planets by settling them or pay for those developments. And then again, produce and consume or trade in order to keep doing more and more again. Whoever has the most points by the end of the game, whether that's 12 different things built or all of the victory point chips have been consumed, you're the winner. So again, uh, Roll for the Galaxy has always been one of my favorite games. I really enjoy the quickness to the game. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's not as cumbersome as Race for the Galaxy when it comes to the iconography. And I'm really happy with this beta format. They're updating. There's been some bugs throughout the way. But generally, what I like about an app, you know, game that I'm playing on my phone is I can play it as quickly as possible. Now, the mainstay for me has been has been Ticket to Ride. Where it's so quick, it's so simple, it's all on one single screen. I don't have to jump around, I don't have to zoom in and zoom out. I can really easily do it all on that one screen and auto, auto, auto. Same thing here. I can hit the auto button and move all the dice, place all the dice appropriately, and do my actions. Right now, I believe it's only a two-player format, at least as far as I've been able to see. I've played online games with this but I've only seen two players up at this point. If you play with more players, I'm not sure how that works, but I've enjoyed this a lot. And since it's still in beta format, I can't review it as far as a buy or a play or such, but it's definitely been a very good experience. Yeah, I definitely agree on this
0: one. Uh, I've had a lot of fun playing it in the early phases. I haven't had any major bugs or issues I've had to report through the beta. 100% agree that the auto button is amazing because yeah. i didn't realize it was there at first so i'm like dragging each die to where i need it to go and especially towards the end of the game you're like it's a lot of dice drag 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 and then you get the auto button and it's like it moves all the ones that have to go where they have to go and you're like oh then i just adjust from there this is fantastic so it's such a little thing but it's great uh i i really enjoy the general aesthetic it's very similar to the race for the galaxy app in that way and Yes. Yeah, I think this is one I'll be playing a lot of when it launches in full. So I think it's pretty close to the 1.0 at this point, if not there. So I feel like it's probably launching pretty soon.
1: Yeah, I highly recommend this, especially if you haven't played Roll for the Galaxy yet. It's a lot quicker. It's a lot less noisier. So it's a lot more fun. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those cups, man, those cups, they rattle a lot. That is true. Yeah. So you take that out in the app and you miss all that. (laughs) I kind of missed it for a second. I was like, oh, I'm not hearing like the crazy rattling of the plastic cups. But, you know, I guess you can't have authenticity on all levels. Right. (laughs) All right. So I have one last app I wanted to mention,
0: and it's a real quick and simple one. It is the Imperial Settlers Rolling Right. So this is a game I reviewed in its original form. I don't know, maybe a year ago. I feel like it was last year, right before convention season, that this came out. And I didn't really like it that much. It As a roll and write, it felt somewhat uninspired. It didn't really evoke any of Imperial Settlers for me, other than like the aesthetic. And almost every game I played of it, I got roughly the same score, which just, regardless of the strategy I took, I just kept getting like 48, 48, 48, 49, 47, 48. <laughs> like, not a great sign. Um, no sense of improvement there. The app came out from Portal uh, last week as well, and it is a fairly well-polished app. It's quick, it's snappy, it runs smoothly, everything is very clear and easy to see. Uh, It has a nice and easy tutorial in there that kind of guides you through the game. And uh, the game's the same. I don't know. (laughs) I still don't like it very much. What I will say, though, is that the app implementation is pretty good. Uh, There are some areas it could improve. For example... The buildings that are on the map at any point in time you have to tap them to remind yourself what they do what their special powers are that they need to somehow get that on the screen even with icons if they can so that i can remember if i build this i have this power if i build this i have this and i can do this but in general yeah just the similar vibe to what i had before the benefit of course of the digital version of any roll and write is that it takes you like five or ten minutes to play through uh, there's the same with like Gunchon Clever. You can knock that out in five minutes. This is like that. It's snappy and quick, and there's not a lot of drawn out actions to your turn. So if you do like the Imperial Settlers roll and write, like if you're not, if you don't have a problem with the physical version of the game, then I think you'll really like the app. And it's only like $3. So it's not a crazy expensive app. But if you've never played it before, or if you've played other roll and rights and you like, you know, the complexity and the variability of things like Gunchon and Clever, um, I I just have a hard time recommending this as a game. So I would give the game itself is still a dodge that hasn't changed. The app is a good implementation. If you like it, if you already like the game, then I definitely recommend you check out the app. And if you've never done either, then maybe
1: wait for a sale (laughs) because these things always go on sale and check it out then. Yeah. I haven't played this in board game format. So maybe this actually might work for me. A lot of games where I'm like, eh, I'm not really too sure if I actually want to spend the $25, $30, you know, an app version of it for 5 bucks or maybe less. That actually might be something I actually get to the tablet.
0: Yeah, it's not. it's not terrible. Like, it's inexpensive and it's well-polished. So it's impressive to look at. I wish I liked the game more, honestly, because it's very smooth, especially compared to some of the other stuff we've talked about recently.
1: I'm just disappointed that Portal Games is not utilizing their better (laughs) games on the app this is kind of like a again no no offense but this is kind of a throwaway one i really would like to just see imperial settlers up there by now
0: yes like
1: why hasn't that not happened yet yeah no i agree absolutely all right so let's get on to our feature review so for a feature review this week we are talking about the most wanted games on board game arena there is such a good collection out there but could always be expanded with some great games from all the listeners out there so anthony and i put together some of our favorites and we took the top seven games from bgg's thread on the most wanted games of board game arena and we're going to talk about some of the hot games out here anthony yeah for sure yeah there's already like a a massive list with like
0: 2200 games on it over on bgg like chris mentioned and I don't think we could possibly go through all of that. So we figured we'd take the top seven, which they post to their homepage. We talk about those. And then, of course, we have our own personal favorites that we would like to see there in addition to these. So I, I think that's probably the best way to cover this. And of course, I'll put it up on Facebook too, but let us know what games you'd like to see on Board Game Arena uh, because I, I don't know that this has any impact on anything, but it's just interesting to see the types of games people like to play online and the ones that they feel are missing in the online space.
1: Absolutely, especially since the creator of Board Game Arena himself put the thread up there. So, he's looking to hear our feedback. So, let's start off with number 7. Agricola, all creatures big and small. If you haven't played this yet, you really should. If you like Agricola, if you like Caverna, but maybe you feel it's a little too big and you like to kind of slim down a little bit especially want to play with two players because this is primarily a two player game. Uh, Gricka, all creatures, big and small hits the spot. Yeah,
0: I'm good. Pass. <laughs> Pass. All right. So let me say one that I do like and would absolutely love to see MBGA BGA uh, is Le Havre. So this is a much bigger, longer, meatier uh, Uwe Rosenberg game that is a bit of a beast to get into. Uh, It's like the first play of this is, it's like a brick wall. A lot of people hit and it's really hard to get past that. So I feel like a digital implementation would be a solid way to help people not just get into it. Of course, you have to learn the rules separately, but not just get into this game that's absolutely fantastic, one of Rosenberg's best, but get a chance to play it a whole bunch, right? Because getting this thing out, setting it up, getting the right group of people, even though like the best player counts three, Getting three people together to play this can be difficult on its own. The online space makes it easier to find other people who would be willing to play this with you because that is one of the bigger challenges. Learning it is a big challenge. And I would love the chance to explore some new strategies in this because I feel like I play it maybe once every six months to 12 months, maybe if I'm lucky. Um, It's definitely one of the unheralded you know, gems in his collection that just doesn't get enough play.
1: Yeah, Lahav obviously is one of those great games where it doesn't get enough table time because I think you and I have mentioned this many, many times that it is a, you know, somewhat challenging game. And if you have other players at the table that played it, you're going to get swamped. So one of the things I really love about Board Game Arena is the fact that it kind of prorates its players when they hit the table. So, if you are playing against people who have played, you know, a, a while, and you're a newbie, you're not going to get penalized for it. In fact, if you do win or you do come, you know, pretty close as far as up on the first, second, third kind of, you know, track, then you're going to get a lot of points. So, yeah, this might be the perfect way to play Lahav. All right, number five, Small World. So, I am probably one of, if not the biggest Small World fans out there. And what's really great about Small World is it's, I would say, not dudes on the map, but it's chits on the map. And you have your particular mythological race coupled with a special ability that's randomly assigned. You play out your civilization. You try to conquer as much land as possible, utilize the special ability for bonus points. And then once the civilization burns out, you bring another civilization onto the board. What's really great about Small World is... There are so many area control games out there. But very few, if any at all, really does tackle the fact that the map size needs to change based upon the number of players in the game. Sometimes they'll close off a certain area, but then it leaves a gap. Small World actually has a map for every player count. So two up to eight, it can handle it. Gameplay is a little bit different at the higher numbers just because it's more of a try to score as many points as possible because you can't manage eight other players but it's beautiful, it's fun, it's cartoony, it's small world, it should be online. The app is great. Would love to see a BGA version of this. Yeah, this is another one I haven't really played
0: much of. We talked about this recently, I think. So I, I can't say I dislike it, I just haven't played it really. But so all the more reason I'd love to see it on BGA, because I feel like I get a chance to play it, right? Absolutely. All right, number four is Power Grid, which, yeah. Yeah definitely power grid would be great um the only way to pay play power grid online right now that i'm aware of is through a german website with just a horrible user experience it's it's you can get in there you can set it up you can do it and it it's operational you know if even if you don't speak german it's just very difficult to set up and i know there's plenty of you out there listening who have done that and are like it's not that bad and i'm like it's kind of bad. I'm sorry. It's it's a very old website. It's just not a particularly pleasant experience to do. So take all of that, put it into the relatively clean and easy to use BGA format and run all the stuff on the back end. You don't even have to do the math anymore. It's great. Uh, Power Grid would be a lot of fun. I mean, I guess the one challenge with Power Grid is just you have the the auction mechanic. So the game would probably slow down a bunch. On asynchronous play but i feel like that offsets itself a lot just by having such an easy clean way to do it
1: yeah i mean again power grid is another one of those great classic games that never gets enough of table time and in particular i don't feel like it gets enough table time because there are just so many maps out there for it and not everybody has them or not everyone gets to play some of the better maps that are available for it usually you get the standard one or two maps out there but PowerGrid really does shine at its later maps so yeah i would love to see that there all right number three is seven wonders duel seven wonders currently has a really nice app for ios out there and if you like seven wonders but you'd really like to play a two-player version, a faster version, a tighter version, a really cutthroat version of Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders Duels is great for this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the best two-player game that I own personally in my experience. So having the opportunity to set that up and run that on a platform like this would be fantastic. Plus they have like their tournament tool, which right now I think only supports two players. So you could have like a Seven Wonders Duel tournament. That'd be cool. I'd love that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. All right. So number two on the list is the Castles of Burgundy, which is actually available in several different formats uh, online. So there is the app, which I'm not a huge fan of because it over stylizes a lot of things and slows down the game a bunch, which we just discussed with Blood Rage drives me crazy. Um, So I'm not a huge fan of that app, even though it's fine. It's just, it's kind of slow. And then over on Yukata, there's a, fairly decent implementation there as well that i've actually played a lot of but it is somewhat dated at this point and i don't believe it has a lot of the expansion content Uh, doesn't have the updated artwork either though i know a lot of people would prefer the older art even with the new updates i feel like a board game arena implementation of the castles of burgundy would just i don't know it would be better it'd be smoother it'd be cleaner It'd be easier to see not as much lag um Yukata is just an older platform, especially when there's a lot of people on there. Things load very slowly, getting all those images in there it's very slow, so I would love to see this in a just a cleaner, snappier you know stupid episode slow version that just does justice to the original game.
1: yeah, I've played this on a number of different online versions, and none of them are great, and again, I think as you mentioned. It's either the underplay of it, where it's like so bare bones that you might as well just, you know, put a spreadsheet on your computer screen and just do that. Or sometimes with the new app where it's super overproduced and almost practically unplayable. So I'd like to see a little bit of a middle ground, which I think BGA does really well, where it's the actual gameplay, but just enough sprucy elements that the game works, you know, flawlessly and I haven't seen that yet. Alright, and the number one game most wanted on board game arena? It's gonna kill Anthony, but it's yeah. Agricola. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a lot too, so I can't even argue with people. It's like it's way ahead of the number two. There you go. So Acricola. Agricola is one of the best games of all time. Uve Rosenberg's Magnet Opus, I mean what can you say about Agricola? It started board gaming as this kind of really curated kind of hobby that it had depths of theory. It had unlimited variability as far as all the different card packs that came into play. The drafting had this unlimited number of different strategies. And just it it just really has so much to the game that the problem with Agricola... Is that you don't get all of it ever to the game tables. So having it online would be fantastic, especially if it had all the different decks. Not to mention the fact that, you know, Agricola does have multiple boards that are in play. I own the app, paid for the app, and you have to swipe through multiple screens, and it's really cute to look at, and it's really cute to play, but it it just just doesn't work. You have to have a version where you can see everything all at the same time, and the big screen would work really well here.
0: Yeah, I'm still not interested.
1: Sorry. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe Board Game Arena can kind of push you over the top. But Anthony, we have our own most wanted games for Board Game Arena. So what do you have up first?
0: Yeah, so I was trying to think of games that kind of fit the Board Game Arena aesthetic. So they're, you know, medium-ish heavier not too heavy right not too long not too many actions Mm -hmm. um because i do play a lot of asynchronous games so i don't want it to take forever to get through and so concordia jumped to the top of my list this is a nice satisfying euro with a lot of variability to it one of the better games that's come out in the last five years and a lot of different maps if they choose to implement those plus you don't have like this ridiculous number of actions that you take throughout the game so an asynchronous game is not going to take eight days it'll probably take two or three um i think matt gertz games in general are just perfectly primed for this platform and a few of them are actually up on other platforms like yukata has a few of them like navigador and i think they put up transatlantic recently so i would love to see that over here i think concordia is a perfect fit they want to throw venus on there and again you got another good two-player approach um so yeah concordia will be fun
1: Yeah, I love Concordia, and actually having it online would be great. And you mentioned the Venus expansion, so even having the teams would be a lot of fun to get to the table, where you can kind of manage the back and forth there. And Board Game Arena has that kind of audio and the visual, so you can actually, you know, put together a non-verbal strategy, so to speak. All right, one of the games that I really love to hit the uh, Board Game Arena is First Class All Aboard the Orient Express. Now, recently, we played with one of our Patreon backers, a game of Russian Railroads, and the same designer later came out with First Class all aboard the Orient Express. Now, again, First Class is a really fun drafting game. It's all the cards are put out as like almost like a market. You don't pay for the cards, but you do select the cards. So you're putting together a hand of cards in order to score the most points possible, of course. But basically, the game is all about building up your train. So you have two tracks, and you're going to build up your train cars. You're going to put conductors on there. You're going to put passengers on there. And you're also going to deal with a little mini-map in which you're going to be able to move your train across the terrain and score some additional points, activate some special features. It's bright. It's colorful. It actually builds a wondrous little tableau. And there are certain spots in the board that you build up through all your trains where you get additional bonuses. This is perfect for board game arena. It's just heavy enough to be complex because it has multiple decks once again, but it's light enough that really people can get into the game because, again, all the cards are available to select and you know what you're building and you know what your opponents have in their hand. Yeah, yeah, this would be fantastic. And again, I think
0: this one might be implemented in a couple other places, but... It's messy. It's not always clear what you have. I feel like this specific format would be pretty good for it. So for me, I had one more, and I would love to have any Vital Lacerda game online, like any of them. Don't really care. <laughs> like it's my favorite designer. I love all of his games. I would take any of them implemented online. But I feel like the best one to to implement online would probably be the Gallerist because it's the shortest of the bunch. Um, you don't take a tremendous number of turns throughout the game, and it's a relatively clean and simple interface. You don't have a ton of stuff going on. You don't have multiple sideboards or all this extra stuff going on. You have your own personal player board, you have the full board and just those eight different actions you can take on the full board. So it would fit perfectly within the interface. It would be relatively smooth and simple to play through. Um, I feel like it wouldn't look so significantly different than how you normally play it. That'd it be hard to learn digitally. And then I get to play a Vital game online. So I'd be happy with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, anything Lacerda would be fantastic on here. I think the challenge with his games happen to be the follow mechanic. And sometimes that builds the time into the game that really maybe slows it down from point to point. So maybe not as- maybe not asynchronous gameplay, but if you get everyone to the tablet at the same time, I think this would play great. All right, and the final game for me is a game that I've loved forever. It's a great co-op game. It's a throwback to D&D games. It's Defenders of the Realm. Richard Lanius' and Larry Elmore's great artwork from Eagle Griffin Games. There aren't a lot of co-op games. There's Hanabi on Board Game Arena, and there's one or two other small ones, but it would be fantastic to get... All the dragons, the monsters, all the different demons, generals out there on the board trying to take over the the city and having your adventurer with its asymmetrical powers push back. Again, this is a relatively medium weight game. And because everyone's getting cards, everyone's rolling dice, you can kind of easily see where everyone is in their gameplay it's not overly complex it's pretty simple let's go get that guy great let's all rush over there play your green cards everyone plays the green cards rolls your green dice and you see what you do and again it allows a story to develop and i think that's one of the greatest things about board games is that stories come out of cardboard which is fantastic so defenders of the realm great game and hopefully we'll get to table on bga yeah that'd be fun I haven't played this game
0: in years, so it'd be great to get a chance to play it again. All right, so that's
1: everything for this week. Until next time, this is Chris. Hey, And this is Anthony. And we'll save you a seat at the online table.